Hey guys, the Garage Gym Specialist here, and we have a very special episode with you guys on Season 2, Episode 3, featuring one of my favorite people, Mr. Asia Barto. What's up, guys? Asia, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us here, sir, and we really uh, appreciate the invite, uh, or accepting our invite to come out here. Now, on the way up here, well, first, let's talk a little bit about your kind of history and your athletic uh, background and everything else and what kind of brought you to where you're at today. Uh, and then I want to talk about um, the assumption we had on the way up here, uh, what to expect entering your garage gym. So first, of course, kind of walk us through your, your history of sports and athletics, things of that nature. Yeah, so I started, uh, I played a few years, uh, well, I played competitive baseball like all my life. So like when select baseball was basically created that's when I when I jumped in when I was 10 years old I played all the way up through um, uh, high school and then competitively in college I played at Tulane University for three years and then I ended up playing with the Rangers organization for a few years my strength and conditioning coach turned me on to uh, CrossFit there's a little thing called CrossFit and I dove into that head first and uh, had a few year competitive career in there uh, from 2011 through about 2013 Took on Olympic weightlifting in 2014 and then kind of shut it down in 2015 and now I've been just kind of a, a, a recreational, you know, fitness enthusiast since about 2015. So back to being like a normal person versus a higher level competitive athlete. So based off of your career that you just gave us and, you know, some of the things I want to associate and I was fortunate to be able to watch you prepare for the cross, uh, CrossFit Games when you were... Uh, uh, training for them and one of the things I wanted to point out when you were training for them uh, You did it on your own, which is very unique uh, to train at a high level and essentially the the world's largest fitness platform out there um, You know you obviously had some uh, some high-level uh, programming and coaching But you did it by yourself and I want to associate that with the garage gymmer because the garage gymmer has to or usually trains by themselves and has to get in the right mindset and I want to touch on that with you, and maybe you can give us some, some pointers and some direction on you know, how you got in the right mindset to train for one of the highest level fitness competitions in the world at that time. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, uh, one, I didn't really have a choice. You know, I, didn't, I didn't allow myself a choice, and, and you know, it was just kind of what I did, and it was what I had access to, and it was what was convenient for me at the time. And um, I, I almost considered almost like uh, like training at a deficit. You know, my biggest focus was if I knew that I could put out the energy and the times and the loadings and the efforts that I was looking for on my own. And when I stepped into a realm where there was other people or there was you know competitors at my side, I knew it was going to be pretty easy. So it's it or easier, shall I say? So it was kind of that mentality and mindset that I wrapped my my head around, where it was like if I could suffer alone where there's no music, there's nobody else cheering me on, um, and uh, you know, there's no other environmental stimulus going on, then when those things came in, it would only help my performance. And so that is the thought that I have after the fact, but going back and thinking about why I trained on my own, um, it was convenient, obviously. You know, it was in my own garage, it was something that I could roll out of bed and I could do, but it was really um, what I had access to. And you know, at that current moment in time in my training, um, in my training, I was, there was not a lot of people that were kind of on the same level that I was, so it was hard for me to um, connect with other people and to find group environments that could push me the way that I could probably push myself on my own. 
So essentially, you know, a lot of times we try to create this motivational environment, whether it be posters on the wall, music, whatever, training partners. And you essentially took those elements out at, at, on purpose to know that when you reintroduce those, it's going to act more as a stimulus. And you came up with this on your own? Was a coach told you this? Or how, how did this come about? I mean, this is just how I've always been. You know, and okay. it's, um, there's 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 a specific type of motivation that you have to create yourself to do those types of things, and even like to the garage gymers today, like for people to be able to train on their own in their own garage, there's something innate or intrinsic within them that they that they need to inspire themselves to train on their own, whether it is you know um, uh, a motivation to improve their health and fitness or to chase a specific goal, or maybe it's just um, you know improving their quality of life or their health. Um, that's something that I shared when I was training on my own too, where um, I just had that I had that that drive within me, and I had that burning passion to be the best that I could be, and to uh, achieve what I thought my potential could achieve. And um, I think that's kind of what helped fuel my fire when I was training on my own was to have that internal motivation and uh, really just you know don't make excuses and don't allow myself any other option. So essentially your commitment to your why is what drove you through that. So as a garage gymmer, even though you're not preparing for CrossFit games or a high level competition, resorting to your why can get you in the right mindset to work through these tough times when you don't want to do it. And like you said, the commitment to it, the convenience factor of it being here, there's no excuses. So we can't make the excuses and sit there and say, oh, this, that, or anything else. It's all about the commitment and sticking to that commitment. And I absolutely love it. Now, let's talk a little bit about when you were training. You were one of the first garage gymmers that I knew uh, preparing for the games. You were actually, you know, typical, went off, went to school, had your run at, at, at the major leagues, what, moved back home with the parents. Uh, trying to find your career, find your way through life, uh, and training for the games. I understood you developed some of your Olympic lifting technique because of a condensed garage. Give us a little details uh, and a little explanation on how you know how you eventually obtained a 300 plus pound snatch, uh, but a lot of that was done in a garage uh, in some tight spaces. Yeah. I mean, a garage is a garage, right? It's 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 now becoming this revolution of you know people are putting these you know awesome pieces of equipment and matting it out, and they're turning a garage ultimately into their own gym. But a garage is a garage. It's a place to you know have a deep freezer to store shoes or you know different tools or whatnot. So you know when I was living at my folks' house when I had just stopped playing ball, I was actually planning on going back to school. And the garage was still a garage, so I kind of like moved a couple things around and put up a rack and put down, you know, one six by four mat. And obviously, I was doing my, you know, Olympic lifting training on this one six by four foot mat. And like in front of me was a bunch of bikes, and then behind, four feet in front of me was a bunch of bikes, and four feet, four feet behind me was, um, you know, a giant shelving unit. So I knew that I couldn't miss forward, I couldn't miss back. So I got real good at the Olympic lifts because my margin of error was very minimal. And uh, I mean, it goes back to the, the same approach that I had with training on my own in the garage. It was like almost training at a deficit. If I knew that I could hit lifts, maximal lifts, sub-maximal lifts in an environment where adversity was at its highest, I knew that you know, when I was in a setting where there was other things that were going my way, it would make it a lot easier. So essentially, you went a thousand for a thousand in your Olympic lifts in the garage more or less. 
Now, what I don't do is recommend everybody out there attempt that. Obviously, he's very unique in his focus and everything else. I know my lifting ability, uh, definitely something would have been broke. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I can't lie to you. I did have a few scares and a couple misses, but fortunately, they were uh, they didn't have a lot of uh, residual from them. So, so enough for recovery. Yeah, some barbells <laughs> thrown forward. For, fortunately, none backwards. But uh, you know, you, you learn quick to, to be successful in an environment like that. Dude, I absolutely love it. Now, a couple of other things um, that. I want to kind of lead into is that on the way up here, you know, Shed and I, I've never been, you know, to your house uh, and seen the garage. We've talked about some things here and there, but long story short, on the way up here, we're under the full blown assumption we're going to walk in. We are going to have this big, beautiful Olympic lifting platform. We're going to have competition, uh, you know, competition plates, uh, fractional plates, a Lico bar. Uh, that's full blown what we thought we we're going to walk into. And we walk in and there's not a barbell. So tell us a little bit about your training today and how you utilize your garage uh, being a former CrossFit Games athlete, Olympic lifter, baseball player. Tell, tell us how you maximize your space that fits into your life as you sit today. Yeah, a couple things. First things first is I, I own a, a fully outfitted facility eight minutes from here. You know, it has tons of barbells, tons of fractional weights, anything that I ever wanted. Um, I can make a short drive down there and, and, and kind of utilize those, but you know that's something that I didn't want to replicate here just because then I would never find myself training at my own gym. Um, secondly is I'm just not at that point in my life and my, in my kind of um, training experiences anymore to where I feel like I want to, um, I guess, populate my garage with those types of, uh, those pieces of equipment. Um, on a couple conditions. One, I just feel like a garage should be a garage. So I, I like the fact that I can still utilize the garage for other things outside of training, but I also love that I can use my garage for training as well. So I didn't want to take up too much space with a ton of equipment in here, because I didn't want things to be so perfect, right? Um, and it kind of goes back to my original reason. It's like, I want to be able to use my gym if I want to use my gym, which is a, you know a few minute drive down the street. But when I went through uh, kind of building out my garage, I knew that I wanted to, I wanted a minimalistic approach. So I wanted things that one were fitting for where I'm currently at in my training journey. So right now, the way that I train is I don't need a lot of equipment. I just kind of need my own body weight and I need my own space. And obviously I have things like pull bars, rings and, and stuff of that sort, which doesn't take up a ton of room and space. But then I wanted some tools that I could use just in case I wanted to take on our, our GPP program here with the intention of understanding that it's not going to be ideal. And so I've got, you know, heavy dumbbell, heavy kettlebell, some lighter sets of dumbbells for my wife. I've got some, you know, some broken slam balls that I can use as slam balls or wall balls. And a lot of the equipment that I have here, I've either gotten from Fitness Depot or I've just kind of taken from the, uh, from Behemoth, whether it was damaged equipment or it was equipment that we didn't necessarily use a ton and have uh, just kind of created my space here and it gets the job done, that's for sure. So you mentioned the way that you train now. Give us some details now. We've seen different names. We call it Big Nastics. We've seen, you know, I, I've. Tell us what the goal is and how are you training today? Yeah. So uh, I am. Uh, I'm really into gymnastics these days, and uh, like Lee was saying, call it a little bit Big Nastics. You take a giant six-five-two thirty frame and you try to do, you know, uh, things that are made for for a lot smaller people. That's where you get Big Nastics from, but. Um, where I'm at, 
Uh, I've always enjoyed gymnastics, even on my CrossFit journey. Um, and why I enjoyed it is because I sucked a lot at it. Um, and I, I really enjoy things that are challenging and things that provide challenges for me, but I love adversity. I love doing things that are difficult and it's kind of taken me down this road, but also there's so much carryover from gymnastics style training when it comes to just, you know, the ability to control your body, to joint health, to building, you know, enormous levels of strength. Um, in my personal opinion, I think gymnasts out there at the highest level are probably some of the best athletes on the face of this earth, not to mention their physiques are phenomenal. So it's helped keep my physique as it as it has been but it's also built me in areas that i haven't you know that i never really got when i was doing my crossfit training as well but i would say the majority of my training does revolve around some gymnastics training working towards specific movements uh, and trying to attain different things um, but also i like to complement my training with a lot of our group classes at behemoth so we've got a great gpp program that we run at uh, at behemoth and i love jumping into the groups with our community and training with them called shared suffrage but you know, if I can't make it up there with the, the demands of my family and my child and maybe I only have a sliver of time, those are things that I can make convenient for me and my training regimen here with what I have in the, in the garage. So a couple of takeaways that I would take from that is first is that you, you gravitated to gymnastics because it was hard, but more importantly, what you said was you, you sucked at it. Yeah. So essentially working on something that we suck at will make us overall better athletes, essentially addressing the weakest link will make you better overall, whether it be for a GPB class or you decide to go back under the barbell or whatever the case may be. So if you're a garage gymmer and you're really bad at conditioning, focusing on conditioning in the garage gym will make you an overall better athlete. Yeah, and I think the, I think the garage gym environment is a great opportunity to work on more things that you don't find yourself good at in a, in a greater group setting or wherever your training regimen is. And I think far often, when you know people tend to gravitate towards things they love to do, right? Yeah. Why? Because it makes us feel great, right? Um, but the Bench thing, press on Monday, exactly. International Chess Day. There's a reason and why. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday Friday. Friday. Saturday, Friday. Saturday. But the, the great thing about having the convenience of your own garage gym is like you can take the things that you find are challenging to you, uh, or that provide you challenges, and you can work on them more, kind of within the convenience of your own garage. Um, and I know for myself, gymnastics is something that I love to do, but it's very humbling as well. And there are things that do require a lot of touches and a lot of practices that require me to do more touches and practice away from you know, my facility. So that's why I utilize my garage gym. Well, and another takeaway from that is that you didn't abandon Behemoth or your gym. You just supplemented some of your training, but not only supplemented, you supplemented what you were worst at. So just because you have a garage gym doesn't mean you're quitting your CrossFit box, doesn't mean you're, you're abandoning your gym or abandoning your training partners. It's just an opportunity to supplement some of your training to address weak links. And that's essentially what happened here is we assume there's gonna be barbells, platforms, everything. He has all that. Thousands and thousands of pounds of it readily available. That's not what he wanted to work on. He wanted to work on the stuff that would make him better as an overall athlete. And that's something we can take as well. You know, some of us go exclusive garage gym, which is great, but just because you commit to a garage gym does not mean you've abandoned your other training methods. Well, and I also want to touch a little bit, we talked on time and you mentioned, you know, obviously running the business and then family. Uh, you're, 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 obviously, you're a dad now, congratulations. Uh, and I've kind of seen your garage gym evolve as you became a dad. So kind of tell us some of these either, you know, upcoming dads or, 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 or dads out there, how, you know, as a dad, the garage gym has served you well. 
Yeah, um, before I had my son, Kai, you know, I was, I could create my schedule however I wanted to and I could train whenever and wherever I wanted to. So long that it was like cool with my schedule and obviously my wife, my wife is my wife's schedule. But since we had our son, like we do a really good job. We have a really happy balance of being able to, um, you know, dedicate time and energy and love and all that stuff towards the family, but also towards the things that bring us joy. And my wife knows that like training on a continuous, consistent basis is something that brings me a lot of joy, but it's been, it's, it's been a work in progress to kind of, uh, you know, evolve my schedule to where I'm still being able to dedicate myself to my son and my family, but also to a passion of mine that I have when it comes to training. So there's some days where it's like, you know, I might take a, a, an hour session and break it up into four sessions throughout the day and do 15 minutes in the garage, 15 minutes after a group class, 15 minutes before a client, and then finish up you know, at the end of the night when he's off to bed another 15 and 15 minutes. So I technically get the whole session in, but it's broken up into four pieces. And like I said, it takes the, it takes the right mentality and approach to be able to accept that because in the reality of things, it's not perfect and it's not ideal and it's not what anybody wants but at the end of the day it works and it gets the job done. So what I'm hearing is you're getting it in when you can fit it in. Exactly. Yep. And you know you have obviously obligations as a husband and dad first and foremost but just because you have these obligations do not mean you abandon your personal fitness obligations to yourself. Yeah of course and I think it's just clear communication with amongst the people that are important in your life too to let them know that like, hey, this is an area of your life that, that you love and you want to continue to spend and dedicate time to, but making sure that there's a happy balance there and that kind of everybody's on the same page and there's always kind of transparent communication on who wants what and what's important to, to one another. I love it. And that's just it. You make time for things that are important for you. And obviously, you know, fitness is a big part of your life, your family's life, uh, and, and you know, your overall health and well-being. And as a parent, you know, I can, I can speak to it uh, now is that it's no longer about us. You know, before growing up, you know, we were doing a lot of fitness for competition sports or aesthetics for, to find a mate. Well, your goals change as you become a parent. And it's no longer about you know, how big and strong can I get, how healthy can I be to maximize my potential so I can provide for my family and, 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 and create a, an environment that we can all thrive in. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great point that you make, Lee, is like, and you know, that kind of is my motivation and my goals these days. Like, I'm not really chasing performance or like attainment per se, but just longevity and just being as healthy and as capable as I can be to, you know, feel good about myself and my training regimen, what I do on a daily basis, but also for my family as well. And I think that's kind of what helps fuel my training and just kind of keeps me waking up and, and hungry for more every single day. So guys, it's a lifestyle. Commit to it and it will give you the biggest return on your investment that you've ever seen. Thank you very much, Mr. Asia. It has been a pleasure. Always good to see you and I can't wait to go through some of these movements and see what this big nasty is all about. Because they're rock and roll.